Good day, everyone, and welcome to today's Living Life. So uh, from today, for the next couple of days, uh, we'll be covering, in Living Life, covering the letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And I have the privilege of uh, going over the three out of the seven. And in my studies and preparation, I uh, discovered, I read about a few interesting uh, quote-unquote coincidences uh, with each church in each city uh, that happened in churches uh, in uh, history that can be linked to what John uh, discovered or received in the book of Revelation. So today we cover two churches, two letters to two churches in Ephesus and Smyrna. And with the church in Ephesus, in verse 5 it says, if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Now the interesting thing is uh, just a couple of hundred years ago, around that time that the city of Ephesus literally moved, was transplanted and moved a couple of kilometers because of some ecological problems. And then even a couple of hundred years later, uh, its place in, in geography kind of changed because of uh, falling water levels as well. Second, uh, with the church in Smyrna, uh, which is one of the only two churches that were completely praised with no reprimands. Uh, the church in Smyrna, uh, or the city of Smyrna, survived the longest uh, in the face of Turkish foreign invasion uh, before falling in its history. Uh, it survived the longest in its history as well. So, interesting, but very some definite correlations as well. So, let's read the passage and then we'll continue. Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name, and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty. Yet 
you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. Now, entire sermons or even series have been devoted to these letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. Uh, and it'd be you know, quite easy to fill up an entire 40-minute sermon, 60-minute sermon uh, for each letter to each church. Uh, so you know, for us today, we have to cover two churches. So we'll be looking at the core of the message of the letter uh, to each church over the next couple of days. So the first church um, in uh, the city of Ephesus, and we see the praises right in verses two and three, and it you can be you can uh, break those down to beginning to say your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance uh, did not tolerate or cannot tolerate wicked people, uh, have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not found them false, have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Now, all of these praises are characterized by the very first mention, deeds, their deeds. They were great at doing, doing things. And this reminds me of the Mary and Martha situation, right? Um, if you look at Luke chapter 10, and I'm going to read to you a section from um, in the NLT from verse uh, 38, 39 to 42. He says, Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said, Jesus said. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Very telling. And I want you to keep this in the back of your mind as we look at the fault of the church in Ephesus, as we see in verse 4. The church has forsaken the love you had at first. Now, um, and when I read this, you know, first thing I remembered is literally a song called First Love as well. And very often, um, that's the way we say that you have lost your first love. And this actually comes from the King James and the New King James Version uh, that we have the, lost the first love for Jesus which is a little bit limiting. And now with modern scholarship and lots of commentators and study, uh, we, we see that it's, that's not it. I mean, it's not wrong, but it's not all of it. And the NLT uh, translation, I think, says it the best when it says, you don't love me or each other as you did at first. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. The church in Ephesus was great at doing and worrying about the details except the biggest one, the greatest one, that is loving. And this isn't loving in a general way, as the NLT version says, in loving Christ and each other. And this is a huge message and lesson for us, something for us to be awakened to. Are we better at judging than loving? That is the question. Are we good at just judging people in accordance to the truth? Yes, the good truth, the biblical truth, the truth of God, 
But is that, do we stop there? Do we not love? Do we throw the baby out with the bathwater, as the saying goes, right? Are we lumping sinners with the sin in our holy hatred? That is the big question for us uh, in, our, in the letter to the church of Ephesus. Now, the second letter to the church of Smyrna, and uh, we have a passage with a lot of contrasts. We have the one who is the first and the last, and the one who was dead but come to life, speaks to those who are impoverished, in poverty yet rich, persecuted by those who claim to be Jews but are not, and will, like Jesus, find life in death. Now, this is interesting on several, multiple levels. It is uh, the church of Smyrna is only one of two churches that only receive praises from Jesus. And let's look at the praise, right? It is, they are afflicted. They are praised for being afflicted and being in poverty. I mean, think about that, right? Highlight that. They are praised because they are afflicted and because they are in poverty. And the lesson or encouragement that they receive um, instead of reprimand is don't be afraid of future suffering or even possible death. And so by, ex uh, by extension, they will receive more suffering because it sounds like they're already, su already suffering. They are already afflicted. They are in the midst of affliction, but Jesus says, praises them for being afflicted in suffering and then says, you will have more suffering and even to the point of death. Only two churches receive only praises. And at the root of that is an understanding of what suffering is. It is only temporary and it is non-defining. It does not define them. And I, wanna, and I want to repeat what I mentioned yesterday. Unbelievers enjoy their life now and to pay the price later, right? They pay the price for all eternity later on. But Christians pay the price now to enjoy eternity with God, with God later. And a quote from a commentator I think is really powerful for us today. If we have not prepared ourselves and our congregations, our churches, to die for Christ's name if necessary, then we have not completed our responsibility of preparing disciples. And this is based on uh, the passage from Mark chapter 8, verses 34 to 38, where it says, where Jesus said, uh, and calling the crowd to, uh, to him with his disciple, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. True Christ-honoring honoring discipleship has a proper view of suffering and even death, where suffering is never an end, but suffering is also never the end. But likewise, death is never the end, but it is only an end. So there are two lessons uh, and, and applications for us today, one from each letter to each church. The first is being careful of doing Christianity uh, versus loving Jesus and loving others as he has showed us to do. Christ came to love and to show his love and everything he did uh, was based on this. And the second thing is a proper and eternity-based understanding of suffering and death. 
that we do not have to promise health, wealth, um, and just you know happiness and, and enjoyment for the rest of our lives if people believe in Jesus. That our faith is not based on that, but is based on Jesus Christ and what He has done. And what He has done is to die for us. So in the end, the conclusion is to love and to love courageously. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word uh, that leads and guides us, Lord. And today, uh, we want to be involved in more than just doing uh, Christianity, the activities uh, and um, just the judgment, oh God. But we want to love as uh, you sent your son to love us uh, and in the way that he loved the world. And uh, as we do that, help us to gain that proper perspective of our time on this earth. Uh, that this, uh, on this earth, that suffering and death is a natural part of, but this is not our end. This is not where we will finish, but our home is eternity with you. Help us to have that eternal perspective, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This program is made by listeners of your Reaching a further and stepping in closer, see you.